Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Welcome to Inside the Episode. Today, David and I are going inside Ignore Conventional Approaches. Great. Yeah. Let's ignore the conventional ignore approaches it. and let's just plug ahead. Let's ignore it. Well, you began this episode by saying that when we make a decision to create something different, we have to not focus on the how, but on the what. So this is perfect for me because it seems our brains, mine included, immediately want to go to the how. And more often than not, it's how it's not going to work, which is probably not the way you want to go into something. So um, educating me as well as the listener who feels the same way, what can a person do to stay out of that sort of instantaneous Instantaneously mode of thought and focus on the outcome. Ditching the how or ditching the how, but focusing on the what. Well, I so um, there is there's the idea of a bit of a struggle here. <laughs> Obviously, when a person does this, <laughs> yes. But I can tell you that one of the things that led me down the road of studying this was really understanding how it worked, and for me. Part of the understanding of that was also the acceptance of how it worked. And the, this, is what I, this is what I learned. What I learned was that our greatest power as human beings is the ability to choose. We're the only form of life that has the ability to consciously choose one thing over another. It gives us the ability to direct our life. It gives us the ability to create our life. It gives us the ability to set goals, create goals, manifest things that, that never existed before in the physical. They're, they're completely in the etheric. Uh, you're tapping into all of the knowledge. But here's the thing about this that's fascinating. Our job is to choose. It's to decide. God's job is the how. So... Human beings are forever, what we're really doing is forever deepening our understanding of how the how works, right? So the how is already set, right? Uh, mathematical, scientifical, uh, from a, a, a chemistry perspective, understanding the universe, the stars, electricity, whatever, all of those things already work. The, and, and how they work has already been established, what human beings are doing is figuring out how the how works, right? We become aware of the how, but it, the how was God's job or the universe's job. That was established by another form of intelligence, if you will, right? Greater than us. And what we do is we choose how we're going to view it so that we can understand it, so that we can then use it for furthering our purpose, in the world. When it comes to the how of I need to know how everything works, that's a control issue for most individuals. What we need to do is to decide to do something. The reason that people say I want to know how first is so that I can determine whether or not I'm going to fail before I make the decision so I don't look foolish. That's really what the what's what's actually going on. But if I if I can just step back and say look, Here's what you really want to understand so that you can master this. Your decision is the most important thing. You don't need to know the how until the decision comes first. So that's the decision 
and then the how. When you make the decision, you're opening yourself up to the information that's in the universe to come to you so that you can raise your level of awareness and now you understand the how, right? So let's if we just know that really what we're trying to avoid is failure, we're trying to avoid embarrassment, we're trying to avoid ridicule, um, fascinating, another fascinating little pinpoint of information is that we never understand how anything works without also understanding how it doesn't work, how it fails. We learn by making mistakes, right? you know, and we really don't learn without making mistakes. The problem is, is that at some point in time, human beings thought it was a brilliant idea to start uh, making people wrong because of their mistakes, you know, beating them down, degrading them, humiliating them. In school, I think it was more about we have to get a large number of students to pass through the system in the shortest amount of time possible. And if that student is taking up too much time because they don't understand what's happening or they're making too many mistakes, which means now the teacher's got to come down off the platform and start working with the kid individually, all the other kids are suffering because of it. They're not keeping up with the other teachers. The school is on their ass for it. What are they going to do? They, 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 they uh, denigrate, they, they humiliate, uh, they ostracize the student to create pain so that they will pick the pick it up quicker. You know, let's get let's get with the game here. Let's get things moving moving faster. Uh, but the truth is is that it's only the person that finally comes to the realization that mistakes are okay and they're willingly to boldly make them tea um, in order to advance their agenda forward to really learn. That's the person that becomes a genius. Yeah, that's so true. Man, everything you just said in that just hit me right across the face. I mean, especially the how is God's job. Like, if you take nothing more out of this episode outside of that, like, that is not your responsibility. It's focusing on what it is that you hope to accomplish or want to accomplish and holding that in front of you. But the how, because I'm a how guy. Like, I go right to the how. And more often than not, in my, as I age, it becomes more of a pessimistic how it won't work versus the optimistic it will work right you know so it's just it's maneuvering those and you sorts were a of teacher i was you, a teacher you were a teacher so yes. you were part of that of that um that, that that paradigm that we passed along to these kids of this is exact yeah you're exactly right like and it was you it was so spot on when you said we would work with one kid but it wasn't it just, we didn't just take that kid to the side and work with them we basically brought it down to a level so that everybody learned the same way which looking back on it it's not a good way to teach. Right. You have to be able to have different pockets within that classroom to be able to allow that kid who's really flying to just go instead of bringing everybody down to the same level and try to pull the kids from the bottom up and you're actually pulling the kids from the top down. Yeah, it's really it's it's really interesting, but you're so right. I mean, that but the how that just gets yeah. me every single time. Well, I'm glad you segued into the decision because, you know, from listening from your teachings, decision always comes first, which you said multiple times. And that can be difficult for most people because it involves a certain amount of risk and putting yourself out there. And inevitably your success rests solely on your shoulders and your shoulders alone, especially mm-hmm. for those of us who have started our own businesses and who listen to your your teachings. So let's go back to when you were first starting out. How difficult were those initial decisions to leave that 
perception of security that your job afforded you and go after what you truly wanted? How difficult was it to say, I'm going for it no matter what? Extraordinarily difficult. So the very first one, um, the very first one that, that, that had to do with me starting the business was actually the decision to walk away from uh, my career and, and step into my purpose. But you want to talk about God knows the how. I, I, had, I, was, I was going through this really weird thing. I had been studying for seven years. Did not, I didn't know what I was going to do. I, did, I swear to God I did not know that I was going to do this for a living, that this was, that this was my, my purpose. I didn't know what it was. All I knew was that I was studying because I was trying to figure out my own life. You know, I had stumbled on to something that worked in a magnificent way, and it continued to keep working, and I was fascinated by how it worked. So I was just studying, 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 studying. And I started waking up uh, at about 2.20 every morning with a voice in my head that said, if you want to live your dream, you have to leave. And it was torturous. It was so torturous because I would get up, I would pick a book up off my shelf, I would open the book, and of course it would confirm something, you know, like maybe it was the Bible and it would be like, woe to the man that doesn't follow the Lord's word, you know, like, and I was like, I was... Showing up over and over oh, I just and over wanted again. To, I wanted to split my head in half, yeah. right? I was so frustrated. And it wasn't, it wasn't changing every night. Every single night, it was the same thing over and over again. So about six months into this, because I really wanted to figure it out. And people are always like, why did you wait six months to go talk to your mentor about this? I have a very good reason why I did this. At this stage of my growth, I was starting to go, I was, I was having so many surreal experiences that were like... Uh, Signs and wonders, it's, it's called, right? Where things kept pointing me in this direction. And it was so obvious. And they would come from these most bizarre things. And I, and I started to get to the point where I was actually worried about my mental health, if I'm, if, if I'm telling you the truth. I, I was concerned, am I creating this because this is what I want so bad? Or is this really happening to me? And I didn't know. I was really starting, I was, I was starting to get a little nervous about it because the, the signs and wonders that I was experiencing were, they were magnificent. They were, at, they, were, they were so magnificent. They were so clear. They were so direct. They were so frequent, right? And I'm like, this can't be happening to me. Like all these years, just completely in the dark, blind, screwing myself up, not knowing which way to go with this, that, or the other. And all of a sudden, I make these couple of little changes, and everything's changing. And it's just clarity, clarity, clarity that I'm getting from the universe or God or whatever it is that you want to call it. Um, and all these signs that just keep pointing in a direction, right? They just keep giving me more direction, more direction, more direction. And everything that I do bears fruit, right? So every, every, every opportunity that I take advantage of, every person that I meet, everything that I, I risk or attempt to do, it's all working out. Um, and I know that 
that something big is on the horizon, right? I don't know what it is, but I know that obviously something big is on the horizon because I'm not going to stay where I am doing what I was doing and fulfill my purpose. I just, I know that that's not going to happen. However, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know when it was coming. I was also still kind of thinking small in some degree because part of, part of what was screwing with my head was that the fact that I didn't have an education. And I kept thinking, I need an education to be able to do something magnificent. So maybe because I don't have an education, maybe it's going to be something simple. Maybe I, you know, like maybe I create a restaurant and then I franchise it or so, you know, something like that. Something where I don't need this big education to be able to pull it off, right? That just shows you my ignorance and where I was at the time. But this is what I was going through. And when I started having this, you, if you want to live your dream, you have to leave. I was at the point where I needed to know if it was me that was creating this or if I was really hearing from spirit or God. Like, am I really getting direction um, or, or am I generating this myself? And um, I also thought from a responsible uh, responsibility perspective, it was important for me to know because it wasn't just me. Like, if it was just me, it'd be one thing. But I'm married. I've got four kids. I've got responsibilities. I'm, I'm putting everything on the line here. You know, at, at that time, I was not earning more money. So everything that I was spending was, was debt, right? Uh, I had to take a second uh, uh, mortgage out on my house. I was ripping right through my 401k money, like all of the asset that I had built, I'm going through it pretty quickly and I'm creating a sizable mountain of debt where if I didn't start a, a business of my own, paying it off would have been a real issue. Like I don't, I don't know what, what that would have even looked like. However, I digress. Um, I needed to know where this where this guidance was coming from. And I needed to be 100% certain if I was going to continue to follow it. So for six months, I was trying to figure it out on my own. And I was not making any progress. I thought, okay, I'm going to reach out and tell my mentor what's going on and see what his advice is. And uh, I called him and it was kind of a joke. You know, um, he's like, why the hell did you wait? Uh I can't talk to you on the phone right now. I'm going to New Orleans to speak. If you really want to talk about this, meet me in New Orleans. And I'm like, you know, fuck, I got to get another plane. Because every time, every time it, it was, my job was to follow him around and learn as much as I could. That was kind of the deal that we had. So I get, you know, I charge it again, get on the plane, go down to New Orleans. I wait for him to get done. I meet him uh, back of house. Um, and I, and he, we go through, we go through this and, he says to me, um, you'll always get what you need when you need it. And I had a real problem with that, real, real big problem. Because I remember I was thinking about, well, before I started to have this breakthrough, um, I wasn't getting what I needed. And the problem was, was that I was confused. I actually was. I wasn't getting what I wanted, but I was getting what I needed. So he pointed that out to me. Anyway, long story short, I go home and I really start uh, like meticulously going through my life and then the lives of other people that I knew. I wanted to see how true was this statement that he was telling me. I really had no problem believing the things that he was teaching me up until that point. That point was kind of like, 
there's a bit of a flag here for this one. I don't know that I'm that I'm buying into this one 100%. So that's what I did for another six months. And what I found out was he was 100% correct. Everything that I always needed always sh- uh, showed up in my life. Um, it just wasn't what I wanted at the time. So basically what he was saying is this, look, you're, you have a set point in your subconscious mind that will always bring you what you need. You can increase that set point, but right now that, that it's, it is where it is. So he was saying if you, if you walk away from your job and you start to do something else and you fail, you'll always get what you need. You're not going to end up homeless, you know, eating out of garbage cans with, with the kids and your, and your wife. So I'm like, okay. Um, but the idea there was that I seriously needed to know this information that I'm getting, am I being directed here? Can, is this something I can trust? Can I actually follow this? So I set it up to where it, it was, it was, there was no way that, that this could be scammed, right? And there was no way anybody else could have any, any way of infiltrating my process here to find out. So I didn't tell anybody that I was quitting. And it was like, I'm going to wait and see what happens. And sure enough, 30 days after I decided to make that decision, the opportunity came uh, for me to step into doing what I was doing. And the, to, to bring this all around for closure, the idea w- was basically this. God was not going to show me what my purpose was until I made the decision to follow God's direction. And that was it. And that's, that was where this whole struggle came from. Can I really trust this? Can I really, really trust this? Because if I'm going to trust it, I understand I'm going to have to go out there and do my very best and put all that on the line, but I at least need to know that I'm headed in the right direction. So that's, right. that's what it was. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I can, the fragility in that whole lead up to that story, like the, what you were going through and maxing out your credit and oh, emptying 401k. I was 401k. sweating. I yeah. Was the stress. Walk in the, is, walk in the house all sure. night long, like just out of my mind. Because it's one thing if it's just you, when you have, you know, a wife and kids, kids change everything. You're thinking I have a chance to not only destroy my life, but the lives of those who are closest Everybody, to me. Yeah. And it, how easy it could have been for you to just go back to safety, find another job, give up on the dream, but you didn't. And I think that was because the decision was made. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to toil and toil and toil. You know, we talk in Hollywood all the time or in the music industry about overnight successes, right? There is no such thing as an overnight success. People put in the time, they do the dirty work. Yeah. We want to see them accepting the Oscar, them accepting the Grammy or, you know, those, those beautiful stories that play well, but the true down and dirty work is done when no one else is watching. It's true. And I think that's where your character comes from. And I think that's what makes you um, a mentor above because you've gone through it. I know people want to put you on a pedestal and say everything's easy for David, but your vulnerability and you sharing these stories from your past is priceless to the person out there right now who's struggling. And I think that when they see that you have to go through that hard time to get to the good time, and you have to risk if you want the reward, plain and simple. You do. I mean, it's, it's just and amazing. And at some point in, like, well, in my journey, at some point you have, to, you have to develop your faith enough and your ability to trust enough uh, that, you will, that you will do it, that you'll actually trust. And, and you know, I mean, 
Listen, I studied diligently for seven years, and one of the things that I was studying was I needed the religious questions answered in my head. I knew that, you know, I was like 100% certain there's got to be a God or some higher intelligence, something. Call it whatever the hell you want. Um, But this is not just some freak of nature. There's, It's just there's too much to it for it to be that. Now, I don't proclaim to know what it is or what the end goal is or why it, everything was created this way, I have absolutely no idea. And I don't think that anybody has any any idea. We can assume and make up theories all that we want, but until somebody comes back from the other side and, and says, here's what the deal is, we don't know. But because of that, it requires that we have to have this level of faith. It's a very interesting thing, you know? So... I had to, I needed to get those questions answered in my mind. And until those questions were answered, and and let me be clear, the questions were conflicts based on what and how I was taught and how I was observing the world. And I also understood that there were other people that were teaching the idea of God or spirituality or the universe in in other ways. And I wanted to find as many of those as I could so that I could really get um, a, a good taste, if you will, of the different philosophies and theories that were out there to see which one really, you know, could I believe in? What What's something that really has some substance to it? I needed to get out of the magic of the religion because there's so much magic in in religion. I just couldn't buy it. I, I it was too conflicting for me. I needed something that was that was somewhat more base and logical, like the universal laws, um, and and then work from there out of that and see what is what is the human being's role as far as responsibility and our ability to choose. See all everything that I teach is fundamentally very sound in a logical perspective with also the idea of how does faith play a role in this. And then you have to build yourself up to the point where you either believe or you you don't believe, and you're going to put yourself out there to actually see. But I felt that if, if at least I could say that I believe this and then put my faith behind it, then I'd be good. Because I was totally prepared, and you've heard me say this before, I was totally prepared to find out that I was wrong. Absolutely. But I needed to be 100% certain in that direction before I could make that final step. Right. Not totally. I want to go back and explore uh, perfection here for a moment, or making mistakes, rather, not perfection. Making mistakes. In the episode, you shared a story about your seventh grade football tryouts and a miraculous (laughs) catch that you made that left a huge impression on your coach. And you recall the sign on the locker room that read, perfect practice makes perfect. Perfect. And that always stood out to you. And the lesson that I took from that is if you're practicing the wrong thing, you're not going to get any better, period. So when you say you have to practice the right things, will we know that in the moment that they're right? Or is that something we learn after considerable time has passed? Because I can see from someone like myself who is so afraid to make a mistake, it can be intimidating in that moment. So, you know, will we know in the moment that we're practicing the right things? I think if you, this is why I, I work with people to understand the laws first. Because if you understand the law of cause and effect, you will have some understanding of whether or not you're practicing the right thing. 
does the thing that you're doing have the ability to create the outcome that you're looking for? And then logically working your way through it to determine if that's true or not, and then really giving it 100% of your effort to see if it gives you the right thing. And only at that point changing if, it, if it's not. But the more you understand those laws, the easier it is for you to pick and determine and evaluate and logically think through what you're doing to see if that has the ability to create the desired result. Yeah, I love that. No, that's perfect. Well, you also went into U Squared again a little bit for this lesson, and Price Pritchett wrote, quantum leaps come when you seek the elegant solution. And you did an episode uh, not too long ago, episode 182, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. So I would encourage people to go back and look and see what we mean or what you mean when you talk about the elegant solution. In essence, it means your solutions don't have to be complicated. It's focused on the simplicity and the efficiency of the time. So if a person is making their growth challenging right now and they're feeling completely stuck, what shift needs to happen in their mindset to get beyond that and seek out that elegant solution that is already here? They have to figure out what they're resisting and they have to stop resisting it. So resistance is always the problem. The universe, in the interesting way that the universe is created is that everything is already here, okay? The universe does not keep us from experiencing anything either. The, the sole responsibility is put onto the human being, and it is rooted in their ability to choose. So I have to, I have to really understand that, that whether or not I experience something is based on my choice, not some deity that is on a cloud somewhere saying you can have this or you can't have that or any of that kind of stuff, but my solid understanding of choice. Now, here's something else that's important. The universe doesn't care whether I thoroughly understand that or I'm ignorant to how it works. I will reap the result, cause and effect, regardless. The universe doesn't care if you're the nicest little old lady in town. If you walk off the end of a building, you're going down. If you're a little baby and you crawl out a window, you're going down. And, and so it's impersonal. Right there's and there's from a religious am, uh, standpoint there's even a um, a chapter and verse where in the Bible where it says God is not a respecter of persons, meaning that the the law is set for everybody. Everything follows these laws. Our responsibility is to become aware of them, and if we're not aware of them, we're subject to them anyway. So that means that God is not going to reach out his hand and save that little baby just because it's a little innocent baby and it it crawled outside of a of a window you know right um so it's very important to understand that once i once i understand that and i start you know i i also have to be committed to deepening my understanding around it the idea then is that I am going to go out there and i'm going to see what actually can i do what is it that i'm capable of doing. But it starts with this desire on the inside. See, I think that all all life forms, which and, and this is this is so fascinating to me, all life forms seem to have a direction for their life until you get to humans. And it seems the the, the opposite. It doesn't seem like there's a direction for human beings. Now I thought that for a long time, but I thought why would that be? Why is it that there would be no direction? Because 
if there was if there is no direction for human beings, where would they get direction? Well, they would get direction by other people telling them what their direction would be or society as a whole telling them what their direction would be. And it, it, that, there was something about that that just didn't seem right to me. How would a person ever find out what the purpose of their life was? And the argument that would be presented to me whenever I would discuss this in form with, with colleagues or something would be, well, what if that's the what if that's the 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 whole point that there is no purpose to human beings? And I thought, no, that doesn't make sense to me either. Why would all other life forms have a purpose but not human beings? Our, our, I didn't believe that we were given this amazing intellect and no other life form has it, and and there's no purpose to it. We're just supposed to have babies and procreate, and that's it. That's no something was very off there for me. So I was like, what if? It's the thing that we have been taught that's actually not a good thing, and that's desire. So if you look at various different aspects of how it's been taught, in many places in religion and philosophy, desire has been taught that it's not a good thing, that it's the root of all suffering, it's the, it's the pain in the start that leads to evil, this, that, or, or the other. And I thought, well, what if people just don't understand desire? And so then I began to dig more and more and more, and I actually found teaching that said the opposite, that desire was where everything begins. And, and then I got to the root of the word, and I studied more, and I realized desire is how God speaks to the individual for the purpose and the direction of their life, but we have to be listening, which means if nobody taught us this as a child, then we pick up on it as an adult, but we have to learn to quiet the voice that's in our mind that is society, and we have to get away from following that voice, and we have to follow the desire of our heart. So I always tell people, the desire of your heart's always speaking to you, and it's usually speaking to you in this secret, quiet place within you, the place where you will imagine yourself being, doing, or having something, but you'll never tell anybody about it, right? Um, what do you think in your secret thoughts? So if we start there, what do we think in our secret thoughts? You're going to start to open that up inside of yourself. And it will be amazing once you start to go down that journey. Yeah, and once you have that, vision and you've listened to those secret thoughts, then you take the action 100%. towards it. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I'm sure there's people out there who have listened to those secret thoughts and said, nope, I can't do that. They go into the how. Oh, oh yeah. Go into the how again, oh, yeah. right? But if you actually put the committed action into doing it, the universe is not going to hold back from you. For sure. That's amazing. All right. Well, as we wind down, last question for you. Um, I want to talk about your car for a second, if you don't mind. Uh, I love the story you shared about your experience when you purchased your Bentley and how the sales manager had you talk to the salespeople at the dealership when you were just planning on going down there just as a regular old guy to make a purchase. After you spoke to them, as luck would have it, well, no, not as luck, as the universe would have it, they had the highest sales month in the history of that location, and they did it in the midst of a global pandemic. Yeah. Quite amazing. Have things like that happened to you before where people suddenly found out about who you were and sort of asked you to speak on the fly or come in or, hey, can you take a moment and, you know, boost my people up? Because it just seems like such a fascinating story that you attracted into your life. Yeah, no, the answer is yes. And the, so this is part of the things that happened even early on, right? And I'm like, 
this has never happened before. How is this even 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 happening? The other thing was was that when people would follow the direction that I gave them, they would get the same kind of results that I was getting. And I knew that I was on to something. So the answer, the answer is yes. I mean, the, the interesting thing about the car was that I was actually looking at an Aston Martin because I had an Aston Martin before, and I was kind of thinking, hey, maybe I'd like to have another, another um, uh, cool car again. So I started looking at Aston Martins, and I was not impressed with the new ones at all. And I was like, huh. Well, I don't know. What, what would I really like? And I was thinking about the cars that I knew, obviously. But somebody said to me, hey, have you seen the new Bentley Continental? And I was like, no, I haven't. And they're like, check it out. It's a really an amazing car. They redid it a couple of years ago, blah, blah, blah. So I started looking into it, and I was like, holy shit, this is a really nice car. And I basically had decided that I was going to buy it before I even saw one in person or drove it. And I went down to the, to the dealership in Charlotte. And um, they had they had a couple of models. It wasn't the one that I wanted, but it was close. But the cool thing was was that you could sit there with their computers and design the car out exactly the way you wanted. And it takes a year to get it. You have to order it, and it's a year. So I ordered it before the COVID thing happened. Like it was, I think it was like July, right? Right, something like that. I ordered it, and then it came back. It came in like almost a year to the date. Uh, uh, afterward. But then I talked to the guy and he said to me, I said, because I was curious as to how they were doing with the COVID thing right. going on, you know? And he said that they were listening to my podcast and all that, <laughs> right? And um, I was like, yeah, that's, you know, that, that's really cool. And he said, we've had, the, we've had the, the, the largest month ever. And I was like, no shit, really? And actually it was a little surprising to me because these are luxury cars, right? right? And I know that with, with business and, and things being very vulnerable, especially, uh, say, back in June, yeah, right? right? Around that, around that area, June, right. May, June. And I was thinking, man, I wonder if they're really taking a bath. Like if they're, you know, and he's like, largest month ever. I was like, no shit. So it was interesting to me that when you, when you, and, and this is not a dig to anybody, but the people that are buying those cars, generally they're at a different level psychologically, you know. And I think that that, you know, they're, they're speaking a different language. Their life is, is something that is very different to them than the average person. Again, I'm not trying to make anybody wrong or criticize anybody. I'm just pointing out that there's differences in the way people think at different stages of their awareness. Um, and, uh, so yeah, anyway, I, you know, I ended up getting the car. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a piece of art, that car. I mean, I, I, I absolutely it love it. It's a, it's, a, it's a really wonderful, uh, uh, machine. And my viewpoint is even in, and this, of course, this had not, this nothing to do with the reason that I bought the car, but one of the reasons why I continued through with the process was that I I do not sit around and allow the circumstances of the world determine who I'm going to be and how I'm going to show up. Primarily because if you follow the law, you understand that God gave us that choice and dominion over everything else. So we choose how we're going to experience something. And if something even suggests to me that money is going to be tight or shortened up, I go out and spend more. 
That's it. Because I'm not going to allow that to, to change my brain, but I'm also willing to do the work that is required to pay for it, you know, to, to do that. So, you know, I've, I've done several things this year um, that a lot of people would go, maybe you better wait on that for, for this, that, or, or the other. And it's like, no, I'm not waiting for anything. This is the direction that we're going to go, and this is how we're going to expand. And, of course, the company is expanding uh, once again. Yeah, and that is the perfect end to ignore conventional approaches. Absolutely. You definitely did not go the conventional route. No. You went the unconventional route, and it pays dividends every time. Absolutely. Beautiful. Thanks for coming inside. You bet. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.